As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ding, ding, ding goes my trolley. Bing, bing, ding goes the bell. Ring, ding, 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 ding goes my heartstrings every time that I fell from heaven. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, April 10th, 2023. Apologies for the delay. We had a power outage in the area, but we're back. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie is the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey yo! Hey yo! And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are, finally. Shout out to the stream team joining us live on YouTube. Like the vid, comment away, sub around, and find out if you would like some No Dunks merch. Go to nodunks.com, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, hats, we got it all. And once you're done with this classic, fire up later today the new Is This Good podcast Featuring Sportsnet's Alex Wong. Yes, Alex chopping it up with Matty O and JD. A couple topics that I know about. Coffee shop security. The idea of letting someone watch your laptop while you run to the bathroom. Is that good? Uh, Twerking to Taylor Swift. Bad book jackets. And a whole lot more. So that's Is This Good? That went up really early this morning. Available on YouTube. And of course, podcasts. We got a whole lot to break down, of course, looking back at a crazy final weekend of the NBA regular season, looking ahead to the play-in games, to the playoff matchups, a bunch of news, but we had a wedgie. Number 52, last night on Sunday, Christian Brown botching the (laughs) alley-oop pass, and he accidentally sticks it in there, and hey, we'll take it. It had been a while since we'd had one, I think like, I don't know, 10 or 11 days. So number 52 as we end the regular season, but of course we count the play-in games and playoffs, and we need seven, seven more wedgies to set the all-time record. Mm, And that would be an all-time record for playoffs if we were to get seven. We had a sixer nearly a decade ago. It was a very long time ago. Okay. 14, 15. But this would be, six is a lot. So listen, we got to 52. Yeah, I mean, it's a good season. Great season. We set time over record. 50 is good. And I mean, we got play-in games nowadays, you know? A few yeah. extras. Four extra games to stick a wedgie in there. Thank you, Christian Brown. Putting it in with his forearm, basically. I know. Weird one. <laughs> yeah, Christian on Easter, giving us another alley-oop wedgie. That was the second consecutive alley-oop wedgie. Chris Boucher had the last one, and then this one. It's the new, uh, you know, type of wedgie. The alley-oop botched wedgie. I love it. Uh, all right, let's just get into it. I want to know the favorite gamer moment from the final weekend of the NBA regular season. Where do you want to start? Oh, come on. Everyone was talking about it. we got to start with the Wolves and the Pelicans. The storyline of Rudy Gobert's punch to Kyle Anderson overshadowing what was a great comeback for the Timberwolves. A really, really good one that started with Jaden McDaniels, their best perimeter defender, punching a wall, breaking his hand at, at the end, towards the end of the first quarter where he was extremely upset. So he goes out. And then Rudy Gobert punching another wall. Kyle Anderson looks like a wall. I mean, Kyle Anderson, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that's why he retreated so fast. Maybe Kyle Anderson is as hard as a wall because Rudy Gobert hits him towards the end of the second quarter as they're you know having this 
Argument on the bench. Rudy backtracks real quick, and Torian Prince helped him backtrack, getting up and pushing Rudy Gobert with two hands to his chest. It continued in the locker room. Rudy Gobert went home, and then he did the uh, the P&P apology, which is a smart route. Public. Sending out the tweet and private. He sent a group chat apology. So I, I think he comes back. I think he will play in the playing tournament game against the Lakers. And I am excited to see uh, them perform because, again, it overshadows an incredible comeback. They played so hard with Oko Bear and McDaniels. They scrapped, led by Anthony Edwards, who kind of overshadowed Carl Anthony Towns' 30 point game. But Anthony Edwards had a ridiculous finish to this game. He nearly had a five by five mm-hmm. uh, for a ridiculous game for him. But that was just. It was wild to see. It was wild to see him backpedal like that. Because everybody comparing it to Draymond Green. Draymond Green nearly broke Jordan Poole's face. Like, that was a full punch. and Also, not during a game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, also not during a game. In practice. A, a, practice sure yeah. but a very different type of punch Rudy it was it was like and why he, I think he won't be suspended by the Wolves it was a punch to the chest and the shoulder area and it was a different type of, I think there are levels to punches and so and, 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 and body blow versus face yes I yeah, suppose there yeah. are so, well, and he, the apologies and the apology let's uh, read the tweet here quickly uh, this was Rudy he got sent home from the game they said get out of here man <laughs> like nobody Just likes get you here. Uh, but he tweeted emotions got the best of me today I should not have reacted the way I did regardless of what was said I want to apologize to the fans the organization and particularly to Kyle who is someone that I truly love and respect as a teammate yeah the, yeah. the verbal altercation then led to Rudy snapping, you know, what if did you, he you say? can read the lips there from Kyle Anderson, <laughs> I think it was a bit of a shut up bitch to uh, Rudy, after they were arguing of like hey man, block a shot, hey man, grab a rebound, hey man, we're trying to win here that happens in NBA games between teammates, like getting pissed off with each other, it rarely escalates to the actual punching of one it happened for the Clippers, right? <laughs> True. Mason Plumley and yeah. Bones Highland were going forehead to forehead. No big deal. That's how you have yeah. a sideline altercation between teammates when things are getting heated. You yell at each other. Maybe you touch faces. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's okay. Uh, but throwing a punch, that's bad, man. Like, if this were not the play-in tournament, Rudy Gobert would 100% be suspended for the next game. And he should be. You can't punch your teammate mm-hmm. on the sideline during a game in clear view of anybody, of everybody in kind of a must-win game for the Timberwolves, but they're playing against a huge team in the Lakers that has a dominant Anthony Davis inside. LeBron is obviously an interior scorer as well, so it's quite likely that Rudy Gobert gets the skate by, and then they'll punish him next season, which mm-hmm. is fair enough. Uh, I think the Nas Reed absence probably plays into this as well. For sure. The Timberwolves are going from three centers down to one center. That ain't going to happen against the Lakers, so timing is everything with Rudy Gobert here. <laughs> Punch your teammates, I suppose, only if there's one game left of the season. Right. So you think, both of you, that he will be playing uh, tomorrow night because that's the uh, they're part of that first night of the play-in games there. I think so. I think he, he definitely should be disciplined. You can't punch somebody like that. Uh, regardless of what was said, I like how he threw that in the tweet. Regardless of what was said, basically saying, Kyle, you said some nasty things to me, so I punched you. Yeah. I, all these reports, great uh, article written by John Krasinski of The Athletic, about Kyle Anderson being extremely blunt with his teammates, yeah. being uh, ex- extremely open about screwing up on defense. Never knew Kyle was that type of guy mm-hmm. until this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been around for a while. But I, I do think they have enough, even without Jane McDowell. This is a big blow. That guy is an, an all-defensive type of player. With Torian Prince... With a guy like Kyle Anderson, with some monsters in Rudy Gobert, most likely, and Carl Anthony Towns, and and even the ferocity of Anthony Edwards, again, overlooked in this game. I thought he was great. I think they have enough to play with the Lakers, right. and even though the Lakers are favored uh, in, in terms of the championship favorites, then more than a lot of other teams in the playoffs, even though they're in the play-in, I like the Wolves. I, I think the, the fact that they continued to fight after all that crap and could have easily splintered, it's a great sign. Yeah. Uh, for one game, anyway. Uh, I think what they'll do, because we don't know for sure if he's playing. I know we're starting no. an hour later than normal, but I don't think we've heard word from the Wolves organization whether or not he's going to be disciplined and then he's not going to play in the playing game or he is or whatever. I think they should just ask their teammates. They should just <laughs> go to the locker room and go, show of hands. You guys want Rudy Gobert to play in this next game? I'm not sure how many hands would go up for yes. Mike Conley's would. 
Seems to be a good guy. Okay. He, he he's getting it. a lot of credit for smoothing things over yeah. at halftime, though apparently Gobert and Anderson went at each other at halftime as well, and there are leaked recordings of Kyle Anderson basically talking trash about Rudy Gobert as well, saying, you're going to have to make a decision coming this summer. Uh, but more than likely, Gobert plays just because I think it would be even more of an embarrassment for the Timberwolves if he doesn't. Uh, mm. Also, the Timberwolves played a lot better with Gobert on the bench yesterday, so... That's an interesting thing to throw into this as well. All right. Well, we got that in there. And yes, Plumlee and Bones Highland also having a bit Nobody of an cares. altercation. Yeah. Yes, uh, no fine. punches were thrown. Uh, what else from yesterday that you wanted to touch on this crazy ending to the season? Uh, Udonis Haslam's sure. final regular season game, at least for the Miami Heat. He had 24 points yesterday, his most since November 2009. He scored 13 points in the first quarter, hit three three-pointers. He now has nine total three-pointers <laughs> in his NBA career. He caught an alley-oop from Duncan Robinson. This is incredible stuff from Udonis Haslam. Uh, Bam Adebayo also hooked him up with a rocking chair to send him uh, into his retirement. I guess they're assuming that UD is not going to be playing in the play-in game or, <laughs> yeah. the, or the actual uh, playoffs should he get to it. But a lot of weird stuff always happens in Game 82 of a regular season. But I didn't expect Udonis Haslam to set the record for points scored by a 42-year-old. I would have never even <laughs> considered that no, as an option for things that happen. It's like, yeah, sure, uh, Ben Uzo will have a triple-double out yeah. of nowhere. But Udonis Haslam scoring 24 points, he scored like 24 points in the past four seasons combined or something. <laughs> yeah. It's wild stuff. Uh, but he just went off last uh, yesterday. Everybody was going crazy for him. He took a charge, of course. He was really doing it all out there. Yeah, he became the oldest player in NBA history to record a 20-point point game surpassing Vince Carter his gone is Haslam 28 <laughs> I know I know yeah. 42 he's nearly 43 game. years old right he's like yeah. uh, he's like 50 or 60 days away from turning 43 so he's got Vince beat that's a wild one Haslam's 24 way more surprising than Kobe's 60 in his final <laughs> yes. game a hundred times more surprising I agree. because it's Udonis Haslam who was young once and was scoring some buckets, but now he is super old. Had the three threes, the alley-oop that I think even Dwayne Wade, who was sitting courtside, got up for. And was like, how do I celebrate this? I, I've never seen this before. It was just a straight, you know, straight alley-oop. But he gave it up, got it back, and got to throw one down. Three threes. Ridiculous. The rocking chair. Love that touch. And that's going to be his final game. He's Unless gonna, he gets into yeah. some, some garbage. garbage. But Even a, then, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, you know, blowout. If if they make it deep into the playoffs, you got to throw UD out there. Um, just, <laughs> because he was part of the, the championship runs. And he was yeah. a starter uh, way back when in 06 doing his thing. Oh, wow. It's just, wow, just very, very strange. A <laughs> couple other crazy things from yesterday. The Warriors set the NBA record with a 55-point first quarter. <laughs> they were playing the Blazers. Uh, Clay Thompson also became the third player in NBA history to make at least 300 three-pointers in a season, joining Curry, who's done it four times, and James Harden. We had the Spurs and Rockets both winning Game 82. <laughs> they finished their season with identical 22 and 60 records. So Pistons win the tank off here with 17 wins, and then it's those two teams, Houston and San Antonio, but they're all going to have the same chance at the number one pick. We had a broken speaker delay the Clippers-Suns game. Hmm. Was which, it broken? Well, yeah. I mean, that's what some of the conspiracy theorists thought because of this whole, like, oh, what did the Clippers want to do here? Do you want to win this game, lose this game? In terms of your seeding, are you going to fall into the play-in? What's going on in the Pelicans-Wolves game? That was weird. That was strange. And mm -hmm. a lot of people are thinking the, the Clippers sort of came as came away as big losers yesterday in the sense that they won their game. <laughs> they got to play the Suns. And then they got to play the Suns in a 4-5 matchup. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Should they have really leaned in to just like, you know what, we'll take our chances with that Pels-Wolves game and maybe we'll just be the seventh seed. Maybe that's a better chance for us. Or or is that crazy? I know Playing's too scary, man. Too scary? Too okay. scary. One yeah. game, you're out, then you're talking about like that's kind of what happened to the Clippers last year. They lost their first play-in game. They were getting ready for the second one. Suddenly, Paul George was in health and safety protocols. Now you're without your two stars. Then you're out of the playoffs. Yeah, right. you would much rather take your chances yeah. with having to lose four times. Yeah, and how do you lose to the Suns on the last day of the season when they're playing nobody? The Suns are playing absolutely none of their guys. Yeah, yeah. And then go into you know potentially a playoff series with them or whoever, however it may yeah, unfold. There, I I, I do see. Uh, you know, the, the the biggest thing, I think, for Clay Thompson, 
Uh, you mentioned the, the Warriors. 55 points in the first quarter. An NBA record. Never been done before in a quarter. In, a, in the first, first quarter, quarter, I should yeah. say. yeah, And the highest scoring quarter of any team this season. That, that's scary stuff for the Sacramento Kings going into the postseason watching that happen. But Clay's 300 threes, the most of his career. It's pretty cool coming back from all those yeah. injuries to hit mm-hmm. 300 threes. And you know, he did it right at the beginning of the game. Just got scorching hot uh, to to hit over 300 threes, lead the league in threes this season. Pretty neat for him to come back and do that. Some of Sunday's other great games, Kenneth Lofton Jr. of the Grizzlies. <laughs> this guy just signed a contract with Memphis. First rookie to record a 40-point, 10-rebound game since Blake Griffin in 2011. Yeah, he had 42 and 14, Lofton did. Cam Thomas, he was back in our lives for one game <laughs> yesterday. On. He went for 46. Um, Mikhail Bridges played four seconds to extend his NBA Ironman streak. So he technically played, fouled, came out, obviously, to save him for the uh, postseason. Do you have thoughts on that? How do you do? You like it? You're like, ah, you know what? Fine. Or is that a little too gross? What, uh, it's a little skirting the rules, <laughs> but he does finish with 83 games played this season. So I'll give him credit. Yeah. For that one. Okay, so, that's a good point. Exactly right. If he did, if he wasn't going <laughs> above and beyond getting to 83, I think it would be more of a problem. But uh, <laughs> very funny. Yeah. yeah. If there's yeah. one guy who can yeah. pull that move, it's the guy who's played 392 consecutive games. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's a dirty move. Sure. But yeah. it's not like coming in and playing 10 seconds to get to this uh, dumb mark that we have in the new CBA for award winners. Mm. You know, that's a little different. That guy's has, he's an Ironman. He doesn't miss games. You guys brought up uh, the infamous Ben Uzo game back in the Raptors days, putting up a triple-double in his, uh, in the in the team's final game of the regular season. Well, how about Theo Pinson yesterday? <laughs> Shout out to his podcast. Uh, triple-double, 40 minutes of action. Is that what the podcast is called? <laughs> yes. Uh, Trey Mann, OKC, also posted a triple-double. Sure, hand him out. And it uh, wasn't a triple-double, but it was definitely the one guy where I had to admit I went, who? Dominic Barlow of the San Antonio Spurs nearly had a big beef. He's a 19-year-old kid. I mean, he's a small forward for the Spurs. 21 and 19. <laughs> this is the shit that was going on yesterday. I love Dominic Barlow on the wire. Yeah, That's yeah. So, uh, crazy. I mean, this is what happens. Uh, there are three trailblazers who don't have a photo on NBA.com. <laughs> Jeanathan Williams? Oh, yeah, Jeanathan. Chase a... Comanche and Justin Manaya. <laughs> Not real. Not real. Jeanathan. Jeanathan Parmy? Jeanathan Like Seriously? Oh, Every man. day when I get dressed and pull on my trousers, I'm calling my Jeanathans. From now on. <laughs> you got your Jeanathans? Uh, oh, yeah. So what a wild, wild ending to the regular season. But, hey, let's keep it going here we do have in our playing schedule it is set we know the four the eight teams the four games here it is for everybody on youtube tomorrow night we got no games on tonight tomorrow night this kicks off uh on april 11th atlanta in miami 7 30 p.m eastern tnt uh followed by the wolves and lakers uh at 10 o'clock that one also on tnt and then on wednesday night oh we got it in the end we got it it is uh, the no dunks bowl bulls at raps 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, followed by the Thunder and Pelicans. Yes, Pelicans uh, falling there in the end to the ninth seed. So, okay, let's start with you, Trey. Most intriguing play-in <laughs> tournament game and why? Where are you going? Well, I mean, it's got to be the no dunks bowl. Oh, it's only intriguing for us because this is going <laughs> to be an ugly game. Yes. <laughs> like, these are two of the worst watches in the league, generally. Both teams very good on defense. Both the Bulls and Raptors, yeah. basically, uh, since the All-Star break, you can probably even go back a little bit further, uh, but they're both top 10 defenses and bottom five offenses. So it really feels like if you can get to 90 points, you got a really good chance. It's going to come down to, for me, turnovers and free throws will be a huge determining factor on who wins. And probably one player on either team will have a randomly great game. Maybe Zach Levine for the Bulls. Maybe Fred Van Vliet for the Raptors. But uh, we're going to be living and dying with that one. (laughs) And I don't know if anybody else is, but it feels big 
to me. <laughs> it feels big to us for sure. Uh, 12 and 10, I think they both are in their last uh, 22 games. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Very, we're going to be live on playback cool. for that game too. Yeah. That is Wednesday night, like I said, 7 p.m. Eastern. We got the early start. We're going to have all the energy in the world as we watch our pathetic teams yeah. Yeah. Uh, try and beat each other. And uh, yeah, I can't believe the Raptors are somehow favored by five, I saw. In this game, what? What's the over/under? It should be like 200. It's probably more than that, but That's a great question. <laughs> it's gonna be low scored. It's gonna be ugly, and I don't know. I'm almost like. It just sounds like you don't think they can do it. I don't think the Raptors are gonna win. There, I said it. <laughs> I think they. Te- I think the team has quit. I mean, I think a part of it with the nurse, you know, press conference post or pregame press conference, whatever you want to call it, where it's like, eh, I'm going to reassess. I'm probably gone. I think there's that. I think, you know, even if they get in, these teams are going to get waxed, of course, by a Milwaukee Bucks team. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. The good thing is they're, they're, playing, the, teams, they're playing the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a good sign that they could make it through. They're it's a good true. home team. It's but true. They, yeah, they've played some ugly stuff. We they've will have some uh, really ugly stuff. We will have our guy, Jerome. Apparently in uh, Jurassic Park, <laughs> taking in the sights and sounds. Can't miss it. Of uh, this no dunks bowl. <laughs> uh, Bet MGM has the over under at two fourteen point five right now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What an underplay that is. <laughs> yeah, that feels, feels like an under to me. <laughs> this feels like a definitely like a, a 100 to 92 game yes. or something like that. 193. Uh, uh, what else? It sucks because our two teams involved, our other home team. The Atlanta Hawks going to to play the Miami Heat. It also just doesn't doesn't breed all that much excitement. That that game, the Eastern Conference playing games, just fail to to compare to the Western Conference ones, which I'm far more excited for. I'm far more excited for the Lakers hosting the Timberwolves. We just talked about the Rudy Gobert scenario. The Wolves beat them two out of three games this season. I think they got to feel pretty good. They did just lose to them recently when Anthony Davis was a monster. I can't wait to see Anthony Davis against that front line. I do think Rudy Gobert comes back. Can he provide a little bit of uh, inspiration for his boys? Because he is playing injured as well. Uh, that's what Kyle Anderson was saying. Hey, play play a little bit harder. And Rudy Gobert reportedly, according to all reports out there, said, hey, my back is injured. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but, cool. he, but, but listen, this team fights and scraps. They do have some sort of uh, enthusiasm about them. They play good against the good teams. They play really bad against the bad teams. And they're the underdog here. By far, we're talking odds. The Lakers have the seventh best odds to win the title. Yeah. Uh, and well, they've had the second best record in the league since the All-Star break. Yeah, so they, they, the sh- Bucks, they so. should be the favorite. There's no doubt. Uh, the Timberwolves, it's an, it's an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's a six-and-a-half point line there. The Timberwolves are plus fifteen thousand to win the title, so that's uh, that's deep, deep. It's deep. Yeah, those are deep odds. But I, I think they match up pretty well as I talked about all those things. And will Anthony Davis have a big game? Maybe they 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 have played well together with the the Austin Reeves into the starting lineup. Damn, they look good. It should it's be a really good game. It's the best they've looked all season by, by far, a yeah. mile. Yeah. The Lakers. Yeah. So that's it good. Should, good it timing. should be fun. Uh, no McDaniel's. That's going to be a killer yeah, for the Timberwolves. Losing McDaniel's for this game. I mean, they said the the rest of the season it could be two games for the Timberwolves if they're completely imploding right now. But between the star power and the fact that Minnesota might completely. <laughs> Just turtle at the end of the season. I think this is a must-watch game. I mean, these all are. You can make a stupid case for all of them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Pelicans Thunder is also. It's, huh? it's I think that could be a very exciting players, yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, the Heat Hawks game. Now this one, like, you're just trying to convince yourself: can like Trey Young exercise the demons when it comes to playing the Miami Heat? I had forgotten how bad it was, but I just checked in last year's last season's first round series that the Heat won in five games, so the Hawks did take one game. Young averaged 15.4 points per game, shot 31.9% from the field, 18% on threes, 31 turnovers on just 22 made shots uh, that he had in that series. And, like, you look at the regular season matchup, too, it's, like, nearly 19-20 games. Like, his numbers are way below his career averages uh, because they just do a good job of bottling up. Why would the Heat change any of their game plan? going against this team and it's whether or not maybe Quinn Snyder's the one to figure out how to unlock something different. Big game for DeJounte Murray, yeah. I think, because I'm with you. That's what the Heat have done to the Hawks starting in that playoff series last year. Take the ball out of Trey Young's hands. Make anybody else on the Hawks beat you. They didn't have a guy like that last season. They think DeJounte Murray 
has to be that guy after uh, the trade they made last season. So it's a little bit of a redemption story for the Hawks. We'll see how they handle it. Yeah, we'll make our uh, specific or lock them in uh, predictions for those two series, or excuse me, for the four games when it comes to the plan on tomorrow's podcast. We'll do that. Uh, hopefully, the power is working tomorrow morning. We'll do that live at 10 a.m. Eastern from the Classic Factory, uh, and then of course we'll start looking ahead to the actual playoff matchups. But let's show them to you just quickly here. The ones we know, we have four of them set, two in each conference, uh, and here they are. Saturday, April 15th. We know we got Game One. It's Brooklyn in Philadelphia. That gets it all started. We're waiting to see who the Celtics play, but we also have the Knicks in Cleveland on that Saturday. And then we've got the Warriors in Sacramento. These two teams have never, since the team moved to Sacramento, have never been in the postseason at the same time. I'm talking Golden State and Sacramento. And now they're going to play each other on Saturday night on ABC, which is very exciting. And then the other one we know right now, Clippers, Suns. Of those ones, which one are you just most excited for, Tess? It's got to be the intrastate battle. Warriors, Kings, just driving down the highway, don't have to take flights. We should get great games. The Kings, just the excitement around them playing at home. The yeah. worrisome part of watching uh, Golden State Warriors do what they did yesterday. Obviously, it's just it's just the perfectly written storyline. The Vets at the end of their dynasty against this Kings team going into their first foray. Of course, that's like so so exciting. Yeah, you, you get the local part. It's just there's just too much, too much there. What about you, Trey? I mean, Sacramento versus Golden State is by far the most exciting first-round series that I think we're going to get even after the play-in shakes out, but the way it looks now, no doubt about it because it's really a good test both ways, I think. Like, the Kings are obviously going up against the defending champion Warriors, a team that has done it for the past 10 years, being on top of the league. They're smaller, the Warriors are. The Kings are a smaller kind of team. They both play a lot of offense. We'll see about the defense. That's a question for the Warriors. Can they flip the switch at all? Can they actually become a 16-game team like Draymond Green always says they are? Signs point toward yes, but the Kings are going to be tough to stop regardless of uh, their opponents. So I think that's going to be an awesome series. There's also incredible star power in uh, the Phoenix Suns versus the L.A. Clippers. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, round one. Yeah, That's incredible stuff. Also, the first time KD and Russell Westbrook are going to face each other in the playoffs. Weird way that it shook out this way, <laughs> being on the Clippers and uh, and the and the Suns, uh, but that should be exciting to see as well. And you know, I'm certainly going to be favoring the Suns in this one, but we've seen Kawhi Leonard drag yeah. a team pretty far mm-hmm. uh, in the past, and he's been playing incredibly well so far. Yeah, of those series that we have locked in, the two that feel most likely uh, to go six, maybe even seven, are the ones you guys said. I think Warriors Kings. I think I'm fascinated by that one, and then the one we haven't talked about but we've been talking about for weeks because it's been set for weeks, uh, the Knicks-Cavs. That one feels like it's going to be a hell of a series between those two teams. So very excited for those two. I feel like the other ones, like I think the Suns are actually going to wax the Clippers, and uh, I think the Nets will put up a fight, but I think they're just going to be overpowered by Joel Embiid uh, and Philly, so I feel like that that one's going to be a bit of a shorter one too. What about Cam Thomas? Cam Thomas. Will he play? Unlock him. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll again get into all of our predictions and a lot more detail where we start looking at things to watch in the series throughout this next week because the playoffs actually don't start until Saturday. This, the play-in, it's the postseason, but it's not the playoffs. Cool. Yeah. Mergatory. <laughs> exactly. That's right. It's very right. Survivor Mergatory-like. Uh, all right, we got to take our first break. When we come back, still tons to talk about. Bunch of coaches got canned, and uh, the NBA might be investigating the Dallas Mavericks. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. If you're joining us live on YouTube, we love to see it. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. 
A lot of no dunks content coming your way over this next week and then into the playoffs. But let's jump on the coaching carousel because we have two coaches that are out. We'll start with Steven Silas, out as Rockets head coach. They declined to pick up the fourth-year option on Silas's contract, ending his three-year run trying to lead the franchise's rebuild. Uh, the Rockets, like I said, finished 22-60 and 60 this season. Overall, 59-117. and 117 in Silas's tenure as a coach. The Rockets team ranked in the bottom four in offensive and defensive efficiency over the last three seasons. That is rough. Weren't really great on either side of the ball. So probably not a surprise to uh, either of you guys, especially you, Trey. We were talking to Kelly Eco at our live show in Houston uh, a week ago. And it was like, yeah, this is happening. It's just yes. a matter of time. And man, it happened like right away. <laughs> as soon as that season ended, he was like, okay, you're gone. Yeah, and some great reporting uh, on The Athletic about it's not a ton of turmoil, I don't feel like, in the Rockets. But just certainly some disagreements and kind of Steven Silas not necessarily having the job he signed up for. Because when he became the coach, James Harden was in town. They were going to give uh, John Wall a little bit of a tryout as well. And maybe that would be able to keep the Rockets respectable. Harden and Westbrook ended up forcing their way out and the team went into the tank. And unfortunately for Steven Silas, there was no identity to the Rockets. They weren't a bad team that happened to try hard on defense, much like the Philadelphia 76ers were. They weren't a team that played really hard and had a great offensive star like the Thunder were with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They were just kind of a team of a bunch of players who would go out there and try and figure out how to play NBA basketball together, and it didn't work. And after every game, the vets on the opponent would say, you got to get some vets in there. You got to get some players in there who can help you learn and learn how to be NBA players. I will say that the vets who would always criticize the Rockets were always going out of their way to say, it ain't Steven Silas's fault. I don't think that what happened with the Rockets is Steven Silas's fault, but... Somebody's got to take the fall eventually, and it ended up being him. So the Rockets are going to want to be better. They're going to spend a ton of money on their next coach to try and improve and not be the worst team in the league for the next three seasons. Yeah, they just needed a refresh, and Silas, unfortunately, is the fall guy. That's how I feel. They started back then with the Harden and Westbrook team. They were 11-10 and 10 in his first year to start the season, even after making the, the moves uh, where Harden was forced out. They are playing guys like Jay Shante. Uh, a lot of those mids. All Oladipo came in. The Christian Wood. The John Wall. Some vets. Eric Gordon was getting plenty of minutes. And then, as the reporting goes on the Athletic, they started, you know, one by one, plucking those guys out of the rotation. Like Eric Gordon. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're not playing as much anymore. We just have too much veteranship on this team. So that's why they started losing games. Uh, and that's why, yeah, the last two and a half seasons after that decent start to his tenure, yeah, they've been extremely terrible. So that's. That's why they lost games to me. Mm-hmm. And it, ain't, it ain't Steven Silas, the man. Uh, it's it's this, this this team full of kids as they've tried to they've tried to lose games. Yeah, by all reports, they are going to prioritize a more established coach for their next tenure. Some names being thrown around in this initial coaching search: Raptors head coach Nick Nurse, which we also talked to with uh, talked to Kelly about. Warriors assistant Kenny Atkinson, former Lakers coach Frank Vogel. Ex-Hornets coach James Borrego, ex-Celtics coach uh, Ime Udoka, and then a bunch of other like sort of like assistants that you always see, Adrian Griffin, maybe Charles Lee, stuff like that. Uh, they have seven first-round picks, the Rockets do, through 2029, so a lot of first-round picks, and nearly $60 million in cap space, so they can pick directions here to go and try and rebuild this, and they have some young, talented players, obviously, on this squad in Chen Goon and Jalen Green and, and some other pieces, so I mean, I guess what I'm getting at here is, like, it doesn't look to me if I was one of these coaches. Like, there's only 30 head coaches spots to begin with, so they're very, you know, they're, um, they're they're not easy to get. Like, so when one opens up, you, no matter the situation, you might want to take it. But this doesn't look brutal in terms of, like, starting a rebuilding process, I would say, in Houston. With some talent, lots of cap space, and all your picks, and very low expectations, and probably a bit of a runway to at least get them back to a little bit more of a respectable team here. Would you agree with that or not? You got some of the components for sure. Yeah. You got the you got the cupboard. You got some young players. You need the old guys to help out. You need you need vets to help mm-hmm. out. It's like what Joe Cronin is saying with the with the Blazers. This is this is going to be as uh, you know he sat and faced the media. He said this is going to be a, a 
a far older team with some vets to to string us along. That's exactly what has to happen in Houston. Right. So, yeah, the players are, are the the most important part. And Tillman Fertitta is extremely happy, I think, with this this outcome this season. The owner of the Rockets wanted them to lose. He was at Mardi Gras parade in February, saying, "Pray for Victor. Right. Pray for Victor." When he's got a fourteen percent chance. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> it's unfortunate that Silas is the fall guy, uh, but yeah, they 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 need the oldies. Uh, Eric Gordon, you know, the guy, a guy who never really talks, played for this team, ended up on the Clippers. Basically, said, uh, "Like I hated it here." <laughs> I mean, I'm, and that guy never talks. the The locker room just wasn't great. It was far, far much too con- controlled by all these rooks. So that's you, the number you, one. You thing. feel bad for Silas in the sense, like this guy waited twenty years, right, as an assistant head coach, to get his crack at being an actual head coach in the league, and then he thinks he's coaching one team. It's completely blown up pretty quickly, and then it's like, oh god, you're just holding on for dear life. I'm almost amazed that he lasted three years. And maybe they didn't have hadn't moved off them uh, sort of after last year, but well, that's contract was till the end chance. of this year. So yeah, 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 yeah. Especially with Fertitta, yeah. Uh, Dwayne Casey, he's also out as Pistons head coach. He is going to move to the front office, and this was announced on Sunday that he's going to step down as the coach, and like I said, move into an organizational role. And he got to announce this. Really, this was Casey telling the media handled a lot differently than Silas, uh, sort of being axed right away. Um, shocked at all, TK, with with Casey moving off of head coach and into the front office? Not really. Um, I mean, maybe sh- surprising the way it went down with Casey firing himself and getting promoted all at the same time. But the Pistons, just like the Rockets, have been bad for the past three seasons. And just like Steven Silas, Dwayne Casey was not hired to be a rebuilding guy. He was hired to take the Pistons back to the playoff. At, during the Blake Griffin era. That's a forgotten Pistons era, but yeah. he was an all-NBA player there for a second. He got hurt. His career uh, completely changed, as did the fortunes of the Pistons. So I think maybe a smart move to qu- keep Dwayne Casey around as a voice in the front office, as a guy who will help build a culture just like he did with the Raptors. Uh, but they probably want a younger front coach, uh, head coach at as uh, as opposed to the Rockets, who are looking for somebody who's more established, I think uh, that Detroit will likely go the developing coach route. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. You agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and you just look at these two organizations. There were no problems with the Pistons this year. They had your Boyan Bogdanovich's, your your old guys trying to lead the young guys. Who there were very very promising young guys on this team, just like the Rockets. But no problems in the locker room. None of that issue going on. And so Dwayne did a, a good job of that, and I'm sure he just wants to take a little break. He's been uh, doing this coaching thing for a long time. But, yeah, I wonder who they go get. Do they go uh, real real young, like a, a Charles Lee or a, a Jordy Fernandez from Sacramento? Or do they give Stack a try with the Pistons wow. ties there? He's been coaching for a while, maybe not young enough for them. I don't know. In terms of NBA head coaching, he's young. He's only 48, though, uh, overall. Is that number too big? Teams like to go real young these days. Mm, uh, is Kenny Atkinson too old? I, th- I think Kenny would be a really good fit. I mean, it's, it was, he did that with Brooklyn pretty well uh, before Kevin Durant said, you out of here. Uh, so I think, you know, they have a lot of options. Yeah, the Pistons season changed immediately after, what was it, 12 games when Kate Cunningham went out. Because like, we were talking about the Pistons. It was like, ooh, are they going to be a sneaky playing team? Are they going to be battling with the Magic or something? At the start of the season, they're going to make like that little leap. Are we going to see it? Because they got, obviously, uh, uh, the number one pick of the 2021 draft there in Cade. And then those plans were completely interrupted. He gets injured. Now, like in the games he played, it's not like they were lighting it up. <laughs> like His stats were great, but they were 3-9 and nine in, the, in the 12 games to start the season there. But totally changes after that. This is not a shock. I mean, they've had the worst winning percentage the Pistons have since that one postseason run that Casey was there. They win like a quarter of their games. We're talking over, what, last four seasons? Yeah. So it's been bad for a long time. And yeah, will they move in that direction that you guys are saying? A younger, more developmental coach because it was Stan Van? <laughs> and then, you know, it was Casey here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so do you go sort of away from that and give one of these young guys, like a Charles Lee, I think is uh, probably at the top of a lot of people's lists, the young... Bucks assistant coach, uh, an opportunity. And and then, you know, Yudoka's name is going to be attached to all these teams, too, with an opening uh, after 
leaving the Celtics there and violating team rules and stuff like that. But he's, it, I, I, everybody, no one would be shocked if he's when he's given another opportunity to coach a team and he might get to pick some of these teams. Is there another head coach that could be next here? We lose Silas, we lose Casey. Who's on the hottest seat after that? Those two guys. Nick Nurse. Okay. Nick, Nick Nurse's Nurse. seat is boiling, but I think that everybody just that kind of thinks he's gone regardless. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> is that seat hot or is he warming it himself? I don't know. But he seems like uh, the next coach who will be employable. Uh, Wes Unsell Jr. with the Wizards, I think, probably has to be in the mix as well. They haven't done anything in his couple of seasons as a head coach, so I don't know what his contract status is. But if it, next year is year three, that's kind of what Steven Silas was looking at. Yeah, I think he's going to at least get one more crack at it by all reports until junior. Like, Billups is going to be coaching the Blazers still, it sounds like. Kid's going to still be coaching the Mavericks, if you believe Cuban. Uh, anyone else? Yeah, I, th- I think Kid comes back. I think Cubes has made a uh, an agreement with Kid. An agreement with Kyrie Irving to sign, re-sign him. I think they're bringing everybody back. Uh, it sure feels like to me. Uh, I, I, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens with the the rap situation. Whether it's just players on the move because there's going to be a lot of changes. There has to be uh, with all their free agents plus Nick Nurse. I, I think you guys covered it in terms of guys who could uh, go out. I, I do think Billups comes back as well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing. Well, we snuck in the Mavericks there. Let's talk about them. They made big news over the weekend. Uh, We were live on playback when it was all going down, Tass and I on Friday night. And the latest report is the NBA is opening an investigation on the Mavericks, quote, roster decisions and game conduct versus Trey Kirby's Chicago Bulls Friday night Tass, where we suddenly learn, you know, Kyrie's not playing. They shut down a bunch of other role players. Hey, Luca's going to play, but he's only going to play the first quarter because it's Slovenia night, and then we'll shut him down. They had decided, all right, it's late in the season, but you know what? We would rather our chances to keep our top 10 pick instead of give it to the Knicks, and we don't really care to actually still try and get in the play-in, which they were technically still alive. They needed the Thunder to lose, which they didn't in the end. Um, but do you think the NBA is going a little too far with like opening an investigation into this, into tanking? But it's just late game, blatant tanking here. It's not like other teams haven't been tanking for weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's jarring for sure. They're playing their asses off in their previous game on the Wednesday night. Kyrie going for 19. They they had a great game against the Kings. But then, extremely strange that within 48 hours they just say, "Yeah, we're done. We're gonna we're gonna hope we can keep our top 10 pick. It's not even a lock, but hope to keep that top 10 pick. Now it's an asset if they do keep it and tank for two games, even a game and a half, really, because because <laughs> Luca played for the first quarter. <laughs> they were up at half, and then they were pissed and said, "All right, well let's let's play some of our deeper bench guys, <laughs> the, the deepest of the deeps in the second half and then that last game." So yeah, they did it for a game and a half, but the Spurs, the Hornets, Pistons, uh who am I I got the Rockets. They've been doing it forever. I mean, they've been doing it for <laughs> for weeks. Mm-hmm. So how do you turn around and say Hey, you guys. The Blazers is a good one, too. Yeah, the Blazers, the Wizards, the yep. Pacers, the Jazz. The Bulls yeah. were tanking the same game. DeRozan and Levine <laughs> yeah. didn't play. Right. Yep. Right. Totally. They were trying to improve their lottery odds as well, but the Mavs did it better. Yeah. Uh, I think the only reason this is happening is because Jason Kidd basically came out and admitted it. <laughs> said, the, org- the, the front office told me not to play our guys, so we're tanking this game away. And it's Mark Cuban. Like, he just submitted a nonsense investigation <laughs> to the league, which they overturned. So they say, hey, gotcha, sucker. They're going to investigate them, and nothing's going to happen gonna because happen. everybody's doing this. If you're talking about games to shorten the season, last week of the season, we don't need it. Pointless. <laughs> Nobody played. Every team was tanking. Every team. Yeah. yeah. Then doesn't, like, the the second last week of the season become the last <laughs> week of the season? That's good. This is a good way to I'm reduce saying, games. There's, yeah, there's some easy games to get rid of. Yeah, there's got there's there's just no way you can penalize them. It just doesn't make. They've been doing it the la, they did it the loudest of anybody because they just yanked guys after playing so hard. But everybody's been doing it far longer. It's kind of like when Greg Popovich sat his guys against the Heat in a nationally televised game and they got fined. What was it? Five hundred thousand dollars. It was some yeah. monstrous sum because they did it really really loudly. They said, "Screw it," you know, we're not playing our guys. But if you do it quietly, like the Hornets have been doing it all year, then you don't get investigated. So that's the strange thing. They can't 
get fined. No, I don't think anything's going to come of this. I think the only issue with all of this, really, it's fine. It's their de- it's their decision to be like, you know what? We suck. We're not going to do anything if even we get in the play-in. So who cares? Let's try and keep our top 10 protected pick. Okay, that's their decision. I You just hope there's no uh, lingering effects from what your message, your direction as an organization is saying to your star player in Luka Doncic. Now, some reports are like, the guy was frustrated, he wanted to play, you know, it was the whole Slovenia night. That's probably why he played the, the one quarter to begin with. Otherwise, why would he have played? He, you know, he just like, okay, these people come for this night, you know, I'll at least show my face, I'll get out there, put up some stats, all that. And then even played like, what, 30 seconds of the second quarter so then they could sub him out thinking there would be a huge applause and it was like crickets. <laughs> it was like, okay. But like, just as long as he they can convince him after the fact like hey this I know this sucked this was very disappointing after the Kyrie trade we're not even in the plan for crying out loud as long as he's on board and starting next season then you're fine then I don't think anything matters if this really sits bad with him and he's like screw this this is loser mentality I want nothing to do with it you know and then we get into a superstar demanding a trade then of course brutal I don't think that'll be the case I think in the moment it looked bad Feels gross, but I don't know. Something tells me I think he'll. You know, he's. I'm reading things now. He says I'm happy here. There's nothing to worry about. Blah 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 blah. So it was just real, real it weird. weird. It, it was, was weird. to see Mike Mark Cuban sitting there courtside when the, the Mavs shot themselves out of the game at the end of the fourth quarter, kind of smiling, kind of smirking, sitting beside Kyrie Irving. Like, all right, goal achieved here of hopefully having our pick. But Which isn't but, a given. It's a great point. No, you keep 80, they have that. an 80% chance. Right. It's pretty high of keeping their top 10 pick. But the other teams, the 11, 12, 13, and 14, can jump them, and then they drop down to 11th, and then their pick goes to the Knicks. Right. But just a strange scenario, because they played their asses off 48 hours before, and did their odds diminish? Like, between I Wednesday and Friday? I think once the Thunder won that game, yes, a little bit. Because they also won that night, right? Yeah, but still... Like, the Thunder had another game, and if the Thunder lost, then the Mavs could be in the play-in tournament. Yeah. Like, what... Like, nothing actually changed. They just got cute. Like, super cute. And decided, <laughs> we're not going to play. And Luca went and faced the media after, and Kyrie Irving did not uh, after that game, or after the, the season was all done. So, just... An odd scenario, but I think, yeah, with Kyrie sitting there beside Cubes, they all had discussed it, right? Like, I, I assume Cubes said to Kyrie and to Luca, who wasn't happy about it, and to Kid, I mean, this is what we're doing? But I don't know. I, it is strange. Luca seemed like he wanted to play. Seems like they're, I don't know, all on the same page to come back next year and do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Luca will be there. <laughs> yeah. Kyrie? I think Kyrie signs. <laughs> yeah. Whether or not he demands a con- demands out ne- next year, that's a different story. <laughs> but okay, we'll see. Uh, some other news from the weekend. This was weird news. Jalen Brown got five stitches after cutting his hand on glass. This happened on Friday night. He told reporters before that game against Toronto, cut his right hand picking up a glass vase. He knocked over while watering his plants. Had to get five stitches. Hand was heavily bandaged. Now he says he's uh, he was pissed, but he's going to be good to go. Come the postseason, like we said, they play their first game on Saturday. Uh, you water plants. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> you ever knocked over a vase? Tried to get, tried to pick it up with your bare hands? And I'm pretty nice with it, though. Yeah, I've got a great motor skills. Do a little pinch to grab it. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much of a take from this, except for that I think there will be one Boston Celtics postseason game that has to get stopped because of blood. Somebody's going to hit him on his hand. Oh, He's going to wow. start bleeding again. Stitch is going to open up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's on his right hand. It's true. So I would be hacking that hand. Do you believe They're, that? I mean, especially if they end up playing against the Miami Heat. You know they'll be taking shots at that hand. Ooh, mm. ooh yeah. I hadn't thought Jimmy about Butler that. chopping. Do you believe that Jalen Brown cut himself on a glass vase, five stitches, and it, <laughs> and this is not a cover for anything else? You know? No. Okay. Now I don't. <laughs> Five stitches, that's too many. How big is that vase? Yeah, a lot of questions still. Uh, what, do you, what do you think uh, here, Tassie? Just like, you're not too, con- like, he'll be back. Well, I mean, apparently, he's already, yeah, apparently he's already starting. To, well, there's reports he's going to start practicing soon. Mm-hmm. So that's a good sign, I guess. So just Quick healer. Small stitches. I, I was more surprised by your technique of watering plants. We found out this while we were doing playback <laughs> on Friday. And we talked about watering plants and, and the whole scenario. And you 
take your plants, put them in the tub. In the tub, a lot of them, yeah. That's amazing. Especially the big boys, yeah. Got to give them a good drink. <laughs> well, but uh, you're a type of guy that likes measuring things. Like you would never, you'd never <laughs> overwater. I don't think if it's just on the floor. Like is that that's the worry when you put it in a tub that you're going to overwater? Right? Uh, I guess. Yeah, you don't go overboard for sure. Okay. Yeah. So why put it in the tub? Ah, yeah, I'll clean those leaves a little bit, get some on there. It drains through. It drains yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then you common. got trays and stuff. I know but it's you're a common make a mess move. Just doing but it. you just have to like. You just, it, to me, I just don't want to move it. Right. So I would I would rather take that small chance of overwatering than have to move it. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's where we're, we're built different. Though. I mean, maybe yeah. that's the smart move. Maybe that was Jalen Brown's problem. He was transporting a vase to his mm. tiled shower. Or, or hold on, we don't know there was there was plants or flowers in the actual vase. It could have been a decorative vase that him Nearby. moving oh. the other things knocked over. We need more. Oh, that's this. a great point. We need more details. <laughs> NBA players. He does seem like he would have house plants. Oh, like Jalen. Well, Brown. there was yeah. a tweet going around like a month prior, or yeah. like that he was saying, "Water your plants." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I guess he does. Checks out. Uh, my only final piece of news here, guys: Grizzly center Stephen Adams. He is likely to miss the postseason due to a knee injury. Uh, and then in a corresponding move, they did sign Kenneth Lofton Jr. and put up a monster line there on Sunday. They signed him to a standard NBA contract. Uh, but in order to do so with Lofton, they waived 20-year-old guard Kennedy Chandler, um, which was a little perplexing because he had just signed one of the largest guaranteed deals for a second rounder, that four-year, $7.1 million deal. So uh, Adam's probably not going to play at all. Lofton in there now, and Kennedy Chandler um, gone because of it. Any, any take? Strange. Yeah, a little strange. Who's going to do the dancing? Chandler was the dance man. Was he? It was, a, it was often a dance leader, indeed. Yeah. Strange. Just I thought strange. Dylan Brooks was leading it yesterday, though. Yeah, he's, he's been dressed more. down. <laughs> Dylan Brooks, what a look. That was awesome. How would you describe that for the podcast listener? What did he look like? Dave Navarro. <laughs> Meets a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that new Nicolas Cage vampire movie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh, or like a, a West Coast rapper from yeah. the late 90s. You said like DJ Quick vibes. DJ Quick. Yeah. Drew Down's another good one yeah. I saw a lot of. Uh, some people thought he looked like Lord Farquaad from Shrek. <laughs> 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 oh, the power good. look, man. Yeah, this guy yeah, is on what a fire look. right now. Yeah, what a look. And he, like, recently he had the, uh, he looked like a Care Bear with, did you see that jacket that was going around? Like, the pink and green, like, puffy jacket. I know, like, he just keeps coming left, so, so fast and furious, this guy. Uh, because he wears tank tops sometimes. Yeah. Um, what a look from Dylan Brooks. All right. Any other thoughts on yesterday's action, playing yeah. games, any well, of the news? More on Dylan. More on Dylan. Yeah. Because it's really weird because they were in the tunnel coming out, but he had a jacket and a chain on. Like, usually they're just in their warm-ups. Well, yeah. He had a look. Yeah, but he was like, he had to show it off. He's part of the team. Come dance with us. I like thinking <laughs> it's a, Dor- a Doris Burke uh, chain. That <laughs> oh, yeah, right. he, was, he wasn't playing. Yeah, I, I, playing. I, I had forgotten about yeah. that part. Yeah. But he's still doing his little Yeah, because he has been leading recently. <laughs> well, okay. Tell me if this is something true. Okay. Steven Adams missing the postseason. Blessing in disguise long term for the Memphis Grizzlies. Go on. I think Steven Adams is instrumental to the Grizzlies. Tough. Huge on the glass. Huge. One of the best offensive rebounders. Awesome screener for John Morant, which gets him a ton of open looks inside. However, Grizzlies are bad in half-court offense. A lot because they play a lot of non-shooters. Right. They play Dylan Brooks. He's going to shoot it. Not a great percentage. They play Steven Adams a lot. He's not a three-point shooter. And their their other wing, Desmond Bain, awesome shooter. Jaw's not a shooter. So it can be tough. I think the best version of the Grizzlies in the future will be Jaron Jackson Jr., full-time five, because he can play outside. As we've seen, he can play inside, and it just gets a little more shooting on the court. So I think in the interim, it'll be tough for the Grizzlies morphing into a new identity, but I think long-term, it'll be like when Chris Bosh went out with his abdomen injury against the Pacers, and suddenly Shane Battier became like the best small ball four in the NBA out of nowhere, and Mm -hmm. suddenly the Heat were like, whoa, if we play like that... We're going to be unbeatable. They were. So I think that it's going to be tough for the Grizzlies now. But long term, I think it'll be fine realizing we don't have to play a huge hulking center all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There'll be some truth to that. Sure. The best version of them is definitely 
Junior at the five. For sure. And uh, he's been balling yeah. with Steven Adams out. So, I mean, like, surely they'll go with Tillman quite a bit, but I think he'll get played off the court in the playoffs. So they're going to have to go with smaller guys and Jaron Jackson Jr. doing everything. A KG impersonation, basically. Yeah, yeah it would be nice it. if Brandon yeah. Clark was there to just be a have a different guy. Yes. Um, 15, yes, minutes, yeah. yeah. It's so weird heading into the Western Conference playoffs this weekend where it feels like we are higher, maybe rightfully so, on teams that are seated four, six, and seven. So Suns, Warriors, and Lakers. Then we are on teams one, two, three in the Nuggets, Grizzlies, and Kings. Right? Definitely. Right? It's uh, just like weird. Nuggets have had a weird one. Uh, uh, they, like brutal. They were, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They you can't. I don't take much from the Nuggets last three weeks of the season. Yeah. They got the number one seed. They beat the Grizzlies, and then they're like. All right, let's just make it to the end of the season. And they did, which is good. Uh, yep. But I don't know. I think they're still going to be good in the playoffs. But I definitely have question marks about the Grizzlies and the Kings. I can't wait. You don't have to wait long. You kind of do. Kinda. You kind of got to wait long you for gotta the playoffs. Wait a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a while. You got to wait a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, tweet of the night. Don't go anywhere. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back here in the factory. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. We've talked enough hoops on this podcast. <laughs> this Tweet of the Night's got nothing to do with the NBA or basketball. It's about the movies. At Zach Silberberg, he shared a screen grab of what I believe is like uh, his letterbox review of the movie. I think that's what it is. Anyway, he gave it two and a half stars to the Super Mario Brothers movie. He wrote, The best part of this movie was the fact that I saw a Saturday matinee. The theater was full of families with kids who gave commentary throughout. When the Nintendo logo came on at the beginning, one kid said, Nintendo Switch. Every time Mario was on screen, some tiny voice went, That's Mario. After Bowser gave a big speech about destroying the Mushroom Kingdom, the six-year-old kid behind me said, Oh, calm down. I had the time of my life. And uh, I also saw this movie. Saturday matinee, baby. <laughs> me too. Saw it with uh, my godkids, seven-year-olds. They loved it. And there was a lot of talking throughout the movie. A lot of like, that's Princess Peach. That's Toad. Yeah. Yeah, I played that, the games too, guys. That review was 100% true to my experience You saw as well. it too. Yes, and my kids were identifying every character that came on. And at one <laughs> point, uh, Isla said, oh, that was really rude to Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Uh, make sure you pay close attention. There is a no-dunks Easter egg in in Super Mario Brothers the movie. I didn't see it. It's, uh, it's when Mario comes to his house for dinner for the first time. Oh, I like that scene. What? what? He walks in. They go, Ayo, Ayo! <laughs> I thought you were going to say there was a wedgie stuck in a pipe somewhere or something. There might be. There oh, might yeah. be. Spoiler alert. Did you like it? Yeah, I did yeah, like it. I, I did like it. And, um, you know, I think uh, going around on Twitter and stuff and on Rotten Tomatoes, it's that, like, the critic score is like 55 and yeah. the audience score is like 99. I was like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's not There Will Be Blood, <laughs> but it's an awesome movie about video games that makes you want to play video games. Yeah. There's a lot of fun, like, uh, Easter eggs for all yeah. of us old people out there, too. All these little oh, nostalgia, yeah. like, sort of in the background and stuff like that. That's fun. You got to take the kids. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watched uh, at 11 a.m. Is that a yeah. matinee? Is that, is that a matinee? Well, yeah. It sounds early. That's the earliest I've ever been to a movie theater. We went to the 11.15 showing. <laughs> movies, movies didn't start till 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh-huh, many uh-huh. trailers. Holy crap. Was the popcorn popping at 11.15? It was, and I right. said, this is the best time to come to the movie theater. This is fresh popcorn. Nice. Yeah. Breakfast corn. <laughs> I had some. <laughs> it was good. We saw it at noon. I, I got up late that day. <laughs> First thing, just going to the movies. Nice breakfast of popcorn and Sour Patch Kids. All right, well, let's hear your thoughts on the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah. And were you a fan or not? Or do you believe they could have done more with Bowser's character and sort of like, <laughs> you know, where he was coming from? Uh, anyway, it, it, I enjoyed it too. And the kids, yeah, they thought it was incredible. They're just, but it's so weird. Like, I don't know what I, you guys have kids, but like, I'm watching them and I'm like, are they enjoying this? Like, they're so serious. They're just sitting there staring at him, and I'm like, I'm if, like, they're either, I, I don't know, are they? And then, you know, I think in my head, like, ah, they're not going to like this. That was the greatest in, movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, your face didn't say that. Mm. Yeah. Kids, man. They're tough to read. If they're in their seat, they liked it. They were. They were that, uh, that's a great key test because Isla liked it. She was in on the whole movie, commenting the entire time. Uh, and Ada's main comment was, I do not like this. I do not Little, like too this. Too scary? I leave. Yeah, just uh, suspenseful. Yeah. Uh, and scary. So she ended up on Laura's lap, <laughs> which, exactly right. I said, Ada, what do you think of the movie? <laughs> wow. Three quarters down. <laughs> Not bad enough to leave. Wow. <laughs> But I think she'll turn around once uh, once she realizes it's wow. not scary anymore. Okay. That's suspenseful, eh? It's, it starts with Bowser <laughs> and his big old, uh, you know, what do you call it? It's almost like a almost spaceship, his mountain spaceship. Yeah. What the hell do you call that? <laughs> Great question. I don't know. I'm sure it has a name yeah. in the canon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, but, uh, like, Ada didn't let us watch the Kakamura scene in Moana for two years. <laughs> Too scary, man. <laughs> All those tiny little coconuts. <laughs> so it felt like it was a great story, though, if you have two kids, yeah. though, because it's about, obviously, the brothers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they're better together and stuff like that. So, anyway, thumbs up from me. I liked it. <laughs> Popcorn fresh. Had a water. Had a water. It was too early for a Coke. Even I couldn't have a Coke. <laughs> but they had Slurpees. <laughs> There's no rules. It's like There's an airport. None. There's none. There's really no rules at a yeah. movie theater. No matter what time it is. But I enjoyed it. Let's call it there, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, apologies once again for starting a lot later than normal. That power outage did a number on us. But we'll be back live at 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. We will make our play-in predictions, at least for those two games, on Tuesday night. Start talking about the playoff series all week long. Any of the NBA news. Get your questions in, send them in to nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the first rule of tanking is you don't talk about tanking. Brace the day, people. <laughs>